welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and the faith of jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a composer and arranger from Saarland, Germany, Nicole Johansen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today we have Nicole Johansson with us. Please tell me I got that right. Yeah. Okay, that's a first, Leander. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, could you please introduce yourself to the people? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Nicole. I'm a saxophonist, I'm basically from Germany, but living since 17 years in Switzerland. And I'm a jazz musician. Um, I studied in, in Germany and went for masterclass to Dave Liebman. And I see you have a NOLA t-shirt on. So um, I'm right now on tour with my band, which is called Henry. And we play uh, music inspired from the world, but especially from NOLA, from New Orleans. Yes, that's actually, actually before we started getting into that, what part of Germany are you from? Southwest of Germany, that's close to the French border, and um, basically like, like 10 near kilometers. No, no, that's a little bit far, more far away than France, okay. actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And yeah, let's just get into that because your Henry the Third album, I listened to. Yes. It was pretty much Dixieland light style music, but with a more modern feel to it. How did that come about, especially from over there? In Europe. <laughs> yeah, I have been uh, in 2016. I was living for um, an, for six months in New York because I got a scholarship, uh, a grant to live there. So um, I decided to stay in uh, New York for a couple of months. And then I thought in this time, I want to see the roots of jazz. So I went to New Orleans and stayed there for a couple of days. And I was so inspired by this fire of this musicians there that mm. I took this fire in myself with me and I said, okay, I have to do something more than just buying me a souvenir when I go back to Europe. So I wanted to um, write songs inspired by New York, but as well from New Orleans. So I went there and um, I basically made a YouTube audition and found a couple of people in New Orleans. And I saw them for the very first time in the studio. And we recorded seven songs in three hours with a band I never played before, oh. musicians I never met before in life. And we had such a good time that my husband now told me, hey, please, please bring out this, this recording. And I did it. And it opened me so many doors that I could invite them from New Orleans to Europe a couple of times. But sometimes I cannot invite them always because in Germany, sometimes uh, I only have one or two gigs, you know, in a row. So that doesn't make sense then to bring all the musicians here. So I founded a band here in Europe as well, especially from Switzerland and Germany. And that works super, super well. And um, now we are on tour. So that's how Henry was born. And Henry is the name actually of my father. Okay. And he, he plays trombone. So he was the big inspiration for playing again with trombone. Okay, wow. That, it, I didn't know all that beforehand. That is actually a good backstory of it. <laughs> so 
How, when you're touring with them, is the response different than if you're touring with a straight ahead band? Um, no, this is not different because um, it's, I mean, I know them, of course, since a long time from New Orleans, like, like from 2016 now. And the people from here, I don't know them so long like the others, except the drama I know uh, pretty long. But um, music-wise, I have to say the music always develops every day, every concert. So I think the more I was growing, the more the music was growing. So if I would have my New Orleans band here, we would also be playing now a little bit different. So I cannot say if that's better or not, or if they are better. It feels both comfortable to play with. But for sure, the New Orleans um, people like Stephen... John and Paul, they always remember me on my New Orleans time. You know, that's something different. <laughs> I must say, yeah. that's very unique. So when I listened to your new album, then that's what I was questioning. So you had Solo to Two that just came out. Literally, yeah. you doing your thing on your instrument. So what made you do that after this? When? Um, no, I realized... Like, what made you decide to do another solo album right after that one? Yeah. I, um, when I was on the road, I went to a special place in Switzerland. So this is a pass. And if you want to go from the north, um, like, let's say from Germany to Switzerland to Italy, then there are two ways to go. One way is through a tunnel in the wintertime and one way is going over the pass. And um, we, we went over the pass and we made a stop on the top. And then uh, we were walking a little bit around and there was a big building. Or let's say not a big building, a little, a little building, let's say like, like this, uh, with many rooms to sleep in, pretty new. But on the back of the side was just a little, little door. Like maybe like my size, one, one, 169 meters, yeah? So I thought, oh, this door, what is behind this door? And it was, it was written on the side, chapel. So I went inside and I saw this church. But the church was tiny, 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 maybe like 18, 19 people fit in there. So very tiny. A big room, like in the heat, high. Yeah, height But twice. very, very, uh, very small. Okay. And then... Um, I always, since my solo one album is there, I'm always interested in the reverb, in the in the reverb in the room. Like when I do my saxophone, how long it is, you know, and what I can do with my saxophone in, in kind of a um, church room. So I saw two women sitting in front of the, uh, in the room. They were praying and I didn't want to disturb them, but I wanted to play three seconds of the saxophone. That, that's enough just to check how the reverb reacts on the saxophone. So I waited um, until they looked up and I went there and asked them if I can play for just for a couple of seconds saxophone. Then they said, of course, yeah, but more like, mm. and then um, <laughs> I went in the back and played and it was just magic. Just a few, few long notes. It was just magic. And then the women, the two women came to me. They were very silent and they just said, Thank you very much. I don't know who you are, but thank you. You played saxophone. My son, who lives now in heaven, he played as well saxophone. Oh. So that was right into my heart, right into my heart. And had my 
tears in, in the eyes and, and I said, okay, I will come back and I will record here my second solo album, which I did one year later in August. That's the story. Okay. Nice. Which is there a track that's dedicated to him? Because no, because I can't really read album. the titles because they're all in German except for one if I remember. Echoes of the Mountains, right? The rest of them were <laughs> all in German and <laughs> Yeah, the, the the first the first is in French and oh, okay. it means like when the when the clouds are moving. Okay. And what about the so fourth should... track? That one I really liked. The fourth? Yes. Um, tell me, ah, you cannot speak. I, mean, uh, I, check I don't want to butcher that. <laughs> Wait, I will check quick, which is the title of this song. Right. Ah, Frühlingserwachen. Uh-huh. So this is spring. It's awakening of spring, actually. Okay, that means also awakening of spring. spring this the spring awakening like the time when when we come out of the winter time and suddenly the nature starts to flower again and um everything does yeah it gets the spirit again from life you know the little grass starts to be green again so this is the awakening thing. okay and how do you say it again frühlings erwachen okay that's gonna be my new practice i'm gonna get that can you can you say it <laughs> i don't want to embarrass myself <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did enjoy it. So I got to give that to you. And is this how you normally get your inspiration for songs? Pretty much just being in the moment, being in the environment? Yes, especially for the solo um, two album or for the solo creative work. Um, I Sometimes when I go in the church and record the CD, which is now the second, I have a few ideas, I have a few melodies, a few topics. And then the rest, I say, let's say 70% of it is the is the being in the now and to see how the church is reacting, how the room is, the architecture is reacting. And then um, combining saxophone and the architecture sound together. It's super, super, super interesting so you, because every church is different. So every single one of the albums, I mean, just both of them, were recorded in the sh- in that location, like th- that was recorded yeah, yeah, in yeah. the church. The whole in okay. Yeah, it's no, it's there. There are all um, one tracks. Yes. So no, no second time of playing. Just like I was finished by the whole album, like one hour or what is it? Yeah, fifty minutes. Yeah. So the whole recording was fifty minutes. Oh. That's also unique in its own way, too. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so, do you, you just set up. So, how did your engineer set it up? Do you know? Uh, it was me. Um, I set it up. Um, I have an AEA microphone. Like, it's not the old, it's the newer one. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this size. And I put it like maybe, let's say, one to two meters, like say more than one, like more one meter than two meters far away from me. And then I have two room microphones, um, let's say in the middle of the room. And then um, I have my computer, of course, my interface and my um, my microphone. Yeah. 
that's all actually. So it's very, very simply said. But I have to say, I always, I almost didn't use actually the room microphones because the room hall, the room we were up was so strong. I only used my main microphone, the AEA. That's it. Okay. Did you mix and master it yourself also? No. Uh, my friend um, from Seattle, he plays as well tuba, and I record with him in, in uh, on the 20th of September, so in 10 days. He uh, he recorded, uh, actually he mixed it and mastered it. It was for me important, but he said he almost didn't do anything. Just he raised it up with the volume a little bit that everything is kind of equal. Okay. Yes, I so sadly I actually, enjoy those sorry. type of projects. I actually do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have my own uh, mobile um, studio, so I can go wherever I want to go. So one of the one of my projects, like long time projects, is to go to special places and record in the nature outside. What is the next one you have in mind? Um, maybe on the top of the mountain somewhere. Any specific location, like the Alps? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, you know yeah. what happened uh, one of these locations was uh, minus seven degrees so it was very it was freezing actually so celsius? In one, minus seven celsius or celsius, okay. yeah minus seven celsius and then uh, i went with my saxophone there and i only could play two times and then my saxophone starts to freeze you know when i blow yes. the water gets directly to this uh how do you say it? Uh, frozen, yeah, yes. you know, and then the 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 mechanics doesn't work anymore <laughs> on saxophone, so I could only play like two times, like let's say ten minutes, and then everything was frozen. But <laughs> even the even the computer. <laughs> no, I gotta ask, like, what made you want to do that? In you minus know, seven, um, the surrounding and this this the surrounding was so incredible and it was so inspiring. I had to do it. I mean, so the people in America, that's like minus 40, minus 45 degrees Fahrenheit. She's out yeah. there playing the saxophone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> artists are unique. I love it. But <laughs> your husband was just like, yeah, go for it when you did that. <laughs> Where he was, he was not at home, actually. <laughs> I'm staying out of that one. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. No, he was with our child on the road. So, um, yeah. Wait, does he play also? He loves to play piano, but he has another profession. Yeah. Understood, understood. <laughs> but he did the cover. He did, uh, he did, he did not the photo of um, the solo two, but he did the design, the, all the colors and all the stuff he did and okay. the letters and all those things. And Henry Three, two, and one. He did all by himself. Also the photos. Yeah. Okay. He does a lot of photos of mine. Well, he does a great job on those. I got to give him that. <laughs> I think <laughs> I will tell him. <laughs> yeah, the New Orleans guys loved him. So how, how is Daniel? How is he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in your case, I'm just curious. So if you don't have a budget, what is your ideal project? Since you don't mind going outside in extreme weather, climbing the mountains, playing in churches, I'm. If I don't have a budget, like if I said I'm going to give you two hundred thousand dollars, U.S. Oh. Just curious, what would you do? <laughs> Seriously, 
I would record. Um, I maybe I would go with a helicopter to the Eiger Nordwand, <laughs> which is famous. <laughs> would put my band with me, and I would. Um, so this costs maybe fifty thousand, and the other hundred fifty thousand I would take for promotion for worldwide that the people know about the music. So that more people getting to know it, that, that more people getting influenced by music and say, oh, I want to play saxophone because that happens. I love that it answer. I'm sorry. You got to play at a helicopter. I love it. I love it. I, I can't even <laughs> say anything bad about that. <laughs> no, I really love this. I mean, um, you know, imagine everybody would start to play music or listen more to jazz music and um, the world would be different. I agree. Okay, so let's go there. Okay, so your take on the modern jazz scene. What do you yeah. think of it? Do you see it actually growing or do you see it dying? No, I see it growing in the way of melting. So the genre getting more fluid. And so everybody is using something from uh, various genres. Genres. Yeah, genres. And so very, very different styles. And... Um, I think it's more growing than of dying. It's not dying, no. Okay, but when it's that fluent, isn't it hard to actually get a fan base or a following? Because that's when it becomes like, if as long as I use a jazz scale, I could call it jazz. You don't find that, eh? Oh, no. You know, um, the, the, to get, a f no, no, it's not heavy to get a fan base or a fan fans in general it's it's hard to get gigs you know it's the stability to play um actually from time to time it's it's more hard um to be on the scene or it's more uh it's more let's not say hard it's more work so uh, to to create a fan base this is a mix out of uh, being playing on stage being present on social media and let grow the newsletter numbers, you know, also not newsletter, newsletter members, let's say it like this. So this is a circle. So to grow a fan base, it's more, maybe this is more harder than it was in earlier times. Like age, like years ago, uh, maybe there was still the time where you get discovered, say, okay, we will feature you, we will make you, uh, we will make you, Famous. Known, yeah, very famous known, known, famous, famous, you know. This time, I would say, is very, very rarely. And so I think um, it's the time of working and it's the time if you, if you are long enough in the, in the scene and if you network, if you connect to other musicians, if you play, then this is the way how you can let grow your fan base. Okay, so... There's one other thing on that. So somebody that's just starting that has your vision, like the nature, the environments, the architecture, what advice would you actually give them in terms of growing? For the youth? Yes, like somebody who wants to be you. Yeah. Um, being authentic, first of all, um, not to think too much about... Um, 
or, or let's let's say it like this. Yeah, I stay with the authentic phrase. Um, always be authentic and follow your your passion because um, and listen to your strongest part. What is your strongest part? You know, um, and this is something uh, where people struggle sometimes, or me as well sometimes. Then I come up with an idea. I go to my husband and tell this the idea to my husband. Then he says, yeah, 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 yeah. I say, okay, I know. Okay, this is not strong enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and being authentic, not not show, not doing, I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I think for myself is um, strongest part is to being authentic and trying to to play as much as you can and try to network with other musicians and um, not to, yeah, maybe being patient with yourself. This is a thing. Patient and take it easy. Breathe. Tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow you see it different. But learning to see from the outer perspective on yourself and to say, okay, what is my strongest part? I couldn't sing, you know, this is not my strongest part, but I played the saxophone. I played since, I don't know, 20, 28, 29 years. And um, I'm standing on stage since I'm young, pretty young. So play, 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 because there you get um, experience on stage, experience with the human beings, experience. Yeah. Okay. Who you are, self? Who you? Who you are by yourself? You know, <laughs> who? Who are you tomorrow? Who I am today? Yeah. <laughs> ah, and you keep growing that way. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and what is something people seem to misunderstand about the music world? Um, it's more about that. I feel sometimes people are in a hurry. What? What can I do? I need now an agent. I. I need this. I need this. And, and I feel, oh, I feel the, the pressure on themselves or the idea of how it was 20 years ago. You have an agent. This agent will make you a tour. Then you earn a lot of money. You, you sell a lot of CDs. Everything changed. And it will change even more because the music market is changing. And even now, people are not buying anymore so, 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 so many CDs. Maybe for them who sell a lot of CDs, they sell maybe instead of 99 CDs on a concert, they maybe sell 90 CDs. For them, it's still okay. But there are people who really don't sell anymore so many CDs. I was about to say, most of the people I know don't buy CDs. I don't know about you, but my current car doesn't even have a CD player. You know, that's, that's the thing. You have to imagine I played with my brother... Together, we, we have a band since 1998 called Nicole Yo. Mm -hmm. And we played in Mannheim. And let's say we have a we had a gage of, um, like a good gage. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Not too high and not too less. And we played this gig and we sold 99 CDs on one concert. So almost 100 CDs. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, exactly, which is pretty a lot. And this was exactly the same amount we get as a fee. Can you imagine? So this helps us to support our travel costs or to support in uh, CD productions. But yes, um, 
I would say I still recommend to other musicians um, that they produce CDs. Maybe not anymore 2,000, but at least a few. Uh, because um, there are still the people who have CD players and there are still the people and we are happy about it because because if they have the CD player and if they buy a CD, we can pay our production costs for CDs. I would agree, but I heard other artists tell me that people don't even seem to want them anymore because it's an inconvenience to them. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a way, you know, this is a way of... Uh, yeah, we still have a we still have an LP player, as a um, vinyl vinyl player. We have a, we have a CD player, uh, not cassette recorder anymore. Some of my friends do even cassettes. Oh, <laughs> uh, tape tape. Yeah, cassette, I know, yeah. I know. I'm just uh, yeah, I haven't seen one of those for a few years. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can understand. I know also a lot of people who don't have any CD player, and it's it's totally okay because it takes also place. And if you want to have a place for other things, of course, I, I understand. But I'm happy um, there are still people who still buy the, the CDs because that helps us to support CDs or uh, CD productions or that helps us to support even just the recording and studio because this is all in a circle. So the circle is, is going probably um, apart mm -hmm. and new ways have to be found to get to 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 survive as a musician that i agree with <laughs> so <laughs> when is your next album coming out do you know yet probably in um winter time this year but it's not a saxophone album <laughs> ah <laughs> so what is it gonna be <laughs> i don't know okay 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 more surprises. But, yeah, exactly. This is this will be a, a surprise. But next year there will be um, a new recording coming up. So I will record on the 20th of September, so in 10 days exactly. And it's tuba, yeah. it's percussion and saxophone. And it will be very wildish, but also solely. So, yeah. So both like different. Okay. I'm looking forward towards that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so ma'am can you tell the people your website your social media any contact information where to find your albums oh yes of course um i have a website and it's called nicole johentgen.com n-i-c-o-l-e-j-o-h-a-e double n like north pole north pole mm -hmm. uh, theater Gustavo, Emilio, Nicole.com. And um, there's also sound a uh, band camp. Band camp is for us musicians, of course, very well, because you can get a digital version of a, a recording or as well a physical. So band camp is cool because you even can pay more than the price what is written on there, which is also amazing. And um, of course, Spotify. And yeah. Exactly. YouTube, you can find it a little bit, uh, the new video on, of the solo too. Yeah. Thank you, Leander. <laughs> no problem, no problem, ma'am. Thank you for coming on again. Uh, Are you playing an instrument? Uh, today? No, I'm going to go to... In school. general? Yes, I'm a percussionist. <laughs> so that's ah, why I'm cool. really, really interested in your next album, when she said ah, that. Ah, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Super nice, yeah. 
Well, everyone, uh, it's 3.30 in the morning over here, so we're going to end this. <laughs> so, Nicole, thank you for coming on again. Uh, we will wow. chat later. And everyone, this is Leander from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange. <laughs>